Hey friends, welcome to This Good Word. My name is Steve Weens, your host, as always. And for the next two weeks, I'm going to bring back uh, one of my favorite series that I've done. It's two parts, and it's called You're Building Something, parts one and two. This week's going to be part one. And it's all about getting perspective on the work that you're trying to do that takes a whole lot longer than you think it's going to take. I've been working on my latest book right now, and it's to the point where, oh my gosh, I love it so much. But I also now have to say, after so long working on it, I think it's probably been at least four different books, maybe five. Um, So you're working on something, you're building something, and I hope these next two episodes really help you do it well, gain perspective on what it takes to keep going and not give up, uh, know when to take breaks, when to press in, and all that good stuff. Uh, I recorded this, I don't know, maybe a year ago or more, and uh, I wanted to bring it back. So this week is part one, next week is part two. Enjoy. So this week, uh, I want to talk about getting perspective on the good work that you're doing, whatever that is. And I want to help you remember that good work that you're doing, whatever it is, it takes time. And during that time, when you're just slogging away, my experience is that there's just not many satisfying metrics that help you to celebrate when you're just making progress. You're just adding words to a page. Maybe you you have, you know, another hundred hours of editing to do on that movie. Maybe it's the child that you're helping to tutor so that she can get up to reading level with her grade level. Maybe it's uh, you are a yoga instructor in training and you're not quite done with your instruction and you got lots of stuff to do. Maybe you're a chef and you're working on that new recipe and it's not working. Maybe you are a teacher and you have almost made it throughout the year, but there's still quite a bit left and you uh, are struggling to get perspective on how to keep doing the good work that you're doing. Because like I said, there's just not that many things that you can look to right now that would say, oh man, look at that level of progress that I've made. Look at that benchmark that I hit. Look at that thing that I did. Uh, And maybe it's getting a little discouraging. So I I wanna encourage you during these two episodes this week, part one and part two, to keep working on your good work, whatever it is, because we need it and you need it. So I'm calling these two episodes, You're Building Something, parts one and part two. Today, first, I'm going to tell you something that has nothing to do with the topic, but I just found so funny this week. Second, I want to talk to you about a conversation that I had where someone told me years ago, hey, you're building something. Be patient. Then I want to give an observation. And that's the way, that's what is going to be today's part. That's what, that's where it's going to wrap up. Uh, And then on Thursday, we're going to talk a whole lot more about examples of how I try to keep perspective and keep working, how I try to set some benchmarks and meet them, how I try to take joy in the journey, and how I don't lose heart 
when something is taking longer than I thought. I'm going to talk to you about the time I missed the deadline and also uh, how, what I did about that. So first of all, <laughs> so this is the funny thing that has nothing to do with <laughs> the topic, but I just had to share it. So uh, one of my kids, he's in third grade, and he has to do a project. Their, their class is learning about Rome and the Roman culture. So he could pick all these different things to work on, and he loves, uh, like he might be a chef. He loves cooking. He loves baking. So one of the options was you could do a bunch of research on what kinds of food that the ancient Romans ate, and then you could create a restaurant and and you could create a menu for that restaurant you could make the menu and you could make it look cool and so he got really excited about that and we were trying to figure out what he was going to call this restaurant right and so we brainstormed 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 finally we came up with uh this name and it has to do with so in ancient roman folklore of course there's these two twin brothers romulus and remus and as legend has it uh, romulus killed remus and so that's why we the city is called Rome, right? Rome comes from Romulus, Rome, Romulus. So anyway, so we're we're working on this menu and we're having a bunch of fun, and um, and it's also a little stressful too. I have to be honest with you; it's not all fun. I'm not trying to make it sound like, hey, when school projects happen on a Sunday afternoon, it is awesome. We love it. <laughs> we end up loving it, but there's also sometimes some tears from both parents and children. So there's that, there's, there's an editorial there. But anyway, this is the funny part. Mary, my wife goes, you know, it just occurred to me <laughs> if Remus had killed Romulus instead of Romulus killing Remus, then the city that we would know as Rome wouldn't be Rome. It would be Reem. <laughs> Like, that's so funny. Reem. Oh, gosh. And that is my wife. She is so hilarious with stuff like, I can't really, like, if you know her, uh, you, you know that's exactly the kind of humor she has. Like, it is so weird and so funny. So there you go. <laughs> that, that was for free. And if you notice, my voice is kind of jacked up. I am sick, you guys. And so I feel like I have this wheezy voice. And so my laugh has a lot more wheeze to it. So, uh, you know, don't email me and tell me to switch to filters. Uh, it's just I have this cold. Okay, so that was the joke. On to the conversation. So after my first book, Beginnings, which I was so proud of and, and still am so proud of. I really love that book. Uh, and as, as first books go... Uh, it, it, I'm proud of it. Now, when we were getting the sales numbers, and I've talked about this before, I think it just, the sales numbers weren't what I hoped they would be, weren't what I thought they would be. And my agent, his name is Chris Farabee, amazing dude. He's been such a great coach for me these last four or five years. And, uh, I just, is so good to have a person like him in it for the long haul with me. Uh, when I work on stuff because my writing evolves and he knows where I'm going. He knows what I want to do. But he said this thing to me uh, that really helped me. And it was this. And, 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 and it maybe it could sound patronizing. It really wasn't. It was really encouraging. But he said, Steve, be patient. You're building something. 
you're building something. He goes, you get your podcast going. And this was a couple of years ago, right? Uh, the podcast is going great. It's growing. This book, he said, for, for, for a first book, but for any book, was a, you should be really proud of it. Really good writing. And just, you know, you have to remember you're in this for the long haul and you're building something. And for some reason, that really stuck with me. Like that helped me go, okay, you know, yeah, would I have been thrilled if the numbers for sales would have tripled or quadrupled? Sure. But that's not necessarily the gauge of whether or not you wrote a really good book. Listen, friends, uh, if you're writing and if you're wanting to publish, or if you already have published, you uh, you need to know, and, and you already know this, but I need to say it out loud. There are some books that get written that absolutely kill. I mean, they sell so many copies and it's like, oh my gosh. And some of those books are amazing books. I mean, some of those books are like, you read them and you go, yep, that should have blown up. That was crazy good. But, and I, you know, this is true. There are other books that they blow up. They sell a lot of copies, but when you read them, you know, you kind of go, well, that was kind of formulaic. Well, that was kind of disappointing. There's, there's no real surprises there. Um, like objectively, you would look at it and say, I don't know why this thing blew up. So sometimes, sometimes gang, sales figures, because there's so many books out there and now with self-publishing, it's even more. And there's so much noise and social media. It, it's so hard to get the spotlight to be on your work for even a second. So just do your work. You're building something. Remember, you are building something. So the things that 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 I try to focus on uh, from that is, number one, what am I trying to build? Like, and it's not a book. It's not a podcast. It's something bigger than that. I'm actually trying to build, and this is going to maybe sound grandiose, but I, I finally come to it. I'm trying to build a tribe of people for whom Christianity has worked for them in the past, but it doesn't work anymore for them, but they haven't jettisoned it. I don't think I am on the far right or the far left. I don't think I'm the writer or speaker that gathers people who have completely given up on the church and on Christianity. I also don't think I'm the writer or the speaker or the podcaster for people who are firmly entrenched in deeply held evangelical beliefs and, and, and posture. I am trying to create a tribe for people who are spiritually hungry and thirsty for something that is satisfying, but they've, but they've gotten to the point where they can name for a number of reasons the version of Christianity that they have understood up until now has worked for them up until now, but their questions, their experiences, their relationships are, are big boulders in front of the tomb. You know what I mean by that? And they just, they, 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 they don't know what to do with that. And so I'm trying to create a tribe of people who can talk to each other, who can hear some different ways of thinking 
and um, exploring the ancient stories of Jesus and the scriptures. And why I think that works, and this is me being super honest, is because I'm in that boat. I'm asking those questions. There's huge, large portions of Christianity that are no longer working for me. <laughs> and I'm a pastor, folks. I'm an employed pastor, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully I'm still employed after this podcast. <laughs> uh, but that's what I am trying to build. And gang, that takes lots of time. But I get encouraged when I get emails from people who I know, based on what they write, that's where they are. That's where they are. They're not on the far right where they're firmly entrenched and they're just still making it work with the... with. Um, the evangelical tradition that they grew up with. And if that is you, by the way, more power to you. If that's working for you, more power to you. I would never try to take away something that's working for you. Okay, just hear that. But I'm also, again, I'm not probably for those people who are dead and gone, like who are buried, like I'm done with Christianity, done with God, done with Jesus, done, done with the Bible. I need something totally different. That's not me either. I am trying to create a tribe of people who are saying, I don't know what to do. I want this to work, but it just doesn't anymore. And I have to be honest about my questions and my experiences so that I can keep moving. So you're building something. That's what I'm building. What are you building? Right? I mean, that's the question. And you got to kind of drill down to that because it's bigger than a book. It's bigger than a film. Uh, hopefully, uh, it's even bigger than a child that you're trying to help learn how to read. What is the bigger thing that you're building? I think it'd be really good to break out a journal and just do some drilling down on that. What took me a long time to figure that out? Honestly, it really did. And I'll probably clarify that more and more in the years to come. But I know that what I just said is close. So try to get close. What is it that you're building? What I'm trying to do in these two podcasts is to remind you or help you that it'll take time because you're building something. You haven't built something. You're building something. Okay, so uh, now an observation. A couple of weeks ago, I went to the Festival of Faith and Writing in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it was at Calvin College. I'd never been to it before, but over the last several years, uh, many of my author friends uh, would go, and then they would say, Steve, you gotta go to this. You'd love it, it's amazing. So I went to it, and this is what it is, you guys. So uh, basically a couple thousand authors, hopeful authors, poets, creative types descend on Calvin College for three days of conversations, lectures, panels, poetry readings, wandering through uh, exhibitions where lots and lots of books are sold, uh, having conversations with editors and agents and people who, you know, a lot of people pitch their work. I have an idea for a book. Here it is. And so there's lots and lots of conversations happening. There's lots and lots of um, stimulus going on. There's, there's again, there's so, and, and, and so many really, really great authors are there. So like this week or, or this time, I mean, I'm talking about Jen Hatmaker. I'm talking about Sandy Sasso. Parker Palmer, um, Lisa Sharon Harper, uh, just so many people who are amazing 
uh, and who are doing good work and building something. And then they would talk about it. So, uh, but one of the talks that I heard, uh, I, I absolutely loved, and it was the first talk, the keynote. And, uh, this guy named Kwame Alexander, maybe you've heard of him. He's a poet, educator, and he's the author of 21 books, amazing, but he's the winner of the 2015 Newbery Award for his book, The Crossover. And the Newbery is like the, it's it's a very prestigious award given to someone who writes uh, that year's best book for children. So it's a big deal to win the Newbery. Uh, if you're a fan of children's books, you always look forward to who will win the Newbery this year, and then you read it no matter what. So Kwame wrote, uh, for um, when he won the Newbery, he wrote this book called The Crossover. And it's a book that's written in poetry. It's written in verse. So it's like, it's a novel. It tells a story, but it's written in verse. So it's very creative, very amazing. And, um, and but then, but he told his story. So, um, and he told the story about what he was working on and how long it took. And it was so funny and so helpful. But he talked about how his dad made him read and he hated it as a kid. It's like his dad gave him all these books that were way above his, his reading level, but he kept reading them and, uh, you know, amazing stuff. But then he got, he, because he had to do it, he wasn't allowed to watch TV, wasn't allowed to listen to music and he hated it. But of course, you see where this is going. Uh, when he stopped hating it and start loving it, started loving it, he decided he wanted to be a poet. And so uh, he went to college and he had this professor that was really, really challenging and he got like a C minus in his first class. So he went in there and he struggled, you know, he argued, but she wasn't budging. And, and then he, he took another class from her and got another C super mad, super angry. She kept saying he had to get better. He kept saying, I'm a poet and I believe in my work, which he did. And he did need to get better. But he was so mad at this particular prof. He said that he he wrote, directed and put on a play on campus about this professor and about how bad she was. I mean, and he put it on on campus like amazing. Oh, my gosh. And so, uh, you know, he graduated, he kept writing, but didn't get anything published. He wrote, he wrote, he wrote, nothing was getting published, rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection. And you kind of forget that Newbery uh, winners have a story like that, most of them, where it's like you just work for so long, you keep writing and you keep getting rejection letters. And then finally he got a contract. Uh, he got he got two offers and he said great you know these these people are going to be bit these publishing houses are going to be bidding against each other it's a bidding war and so i'm going to get a much bigger contract and then he found out that like every every back and forth was like an increment of fifty dollars higher <laughs> so great and so um he ended up taking some of his books, which he had eventually self-published and he went to farmer's markets and sold them, right? Which he had to like kind of, because he didn't have a job and they didn't have enough money. And so he had to make some money. So he went to a farmer's market. And like, if you are a hopeful author, like you don't imagine that you're going to, that you're going to self-publish your books, pack them in, a, bu a bunch of boxes and drive to the farmer's market and sell them there. I mean, that is not, that is not what you think of. That, that's not what you dream about 
when you're dreaming of writing your book and getting it out there. You're dreaming of being on the Today Show. You're dreaming of getting your book selected for the uh, Oprah Book Club of the Month. You're dreaming of being on Oprah Super Soul Sunday, right? You're, you're dreaming of the New York Times. Uh, you're dreaming of people gushing and, and winning awards, and you're not dreaming of going to farmer's markets and selling your books. So, <laughs> but, and he has a success story, and they're not all success stories. They really aren't. But what was really impressive to me was that time after time after time, uh, when he got rejected, he kept believing in what he was trying to build. He said, this is the festival of faith in writing, but I wanna say my story is a festival of faith in my writing. And he goes, if you wanna make it as a writer, you have to have great faith in your own writing. Who's gonna believe anyone should read your stuff if you don't believe it? And I mean, let me tell you, boom, that was like a mic drop for many of us who maybe are aw shucksing our way towards publishing or, you know, an idea we have gets you know, one tiny little, uh, maybe not, and we get super discouraged. Believe in what you're building, have faith in your own work and keep going. That's what I got from Kwame. And it's really interesting because throughout the rest of the three days, you know, th there are published authors and speakers there. There are published authors that aren't speakers. That would be me as I was wandering around talking to people. There are non-published authors that want to be authors. And we're all talking together and we're all meeting each other. It's the, and, and that we're all in it together in this big milieu of basically uh, we're all working on something. We're all building something. But the question that we kept asking each other, and it's a good question, a helpful question is, hey, what are you working on? You know, what, what project are you working on? What book are you working on? It's a great question. It's a fantastic question. I asked it a million times, got asked it a million times. And by a million, I mean a dozen. But um, but I I want to raise that. I want to say have that, have that conversation. But I want to ask you the, the question that is, you know, one step deeper or maybe focus the lens out a little bit and say, what are you building? Like beyond the book that you're writing, what are you building? What are you building? Because hopefully you're building something. Hopefully you're not just writing a book. Hopefully your dream goes beyond, I want to get published. Hopefully you can get to the point where you can name what it is that you're working on. And again, I've, I've been talking a lot about books uh, for the last five minutes, but it could be anything. Could be uh, you're coaching high school girls volleyball. Could be you're planting a church. Uh, could be, again, you're a teacher and you're grading papers and you're encouraging kids. And what are you building? beyond the day-to-day -day, like if you're a teacher what are you building are you building a curriculum or are you building an environment where kids can be encouraged to build something i mean that's very different very different if you're writing a book are you writing content or or, or is it part of a bigger plan dream that you have um, I just watched The Greatest Showman finally a couple weeks ago. And let me tell you, 
uh, that <laughs> the soundtrack is now on repeat. Uh, as I was writing, as I wrote for many hours yesterday, I, I just kept telling Alexa, play The Greatest Showman. Oh my gosh, Alexa, stop. Um, it almost did it right then. <laughs> you know how that works? <laughs> okay. Um, what are you working on? What are you building? Can you drill down and find out? And can you have patience when you don't necessarily have the metrics that show that you're really, you know, succeeding. I want to, in part two, which will come out Thursday, I'm going to talk about uh, really uh, what are some of the examples of how I try to keep perspective when I get jealous of other authors that are killing it, or when I have an idea and I'm tempted to kind of muddy the idea. Or when uh, I just am in the middle of it and it's just a slog and I don't quite know what to do. And I'm going to give some examples in part two of some of the other things that I'm doing beyond writing books. Because I know um, those of you who listen, it's like, you know, you're not all authors. Maybe very few of you are authors. I don't even know. Um, but I want to help you and I want to, um, I want to encourage you. So, folks, that is part one. And I want to say this out loud. I, I said this on Facebook, but sometime this week, um, maybe it's already happened, I haven't checked, this good word will be downloaded for the 200,000th time. And I didn't know if that was going to happen. I frankly didn't, didn't have a dream about numbers for this good word. Uh, that That is atypical for me because I can be um, a little bit of a um, egomaniacal <laughs> bastard at times. Uh, but I didn't, I, I think when I, when I created this podcast, I was, I was trying to create a tribe of people who are interested in taking the conversation about, um, what it means to live beyond dualism. That's why, you know, we're human and holy, we're limited and limitless. We are, uh, dust and breath. What, what would it be like if we could climb out of the dualisms and explore who we are um, in ways that acknowledged the mixed bags that we all are, right? But also really celebrated the beautiful humanity that happens in the journey. That's what I was trying to do. And that's very related to this thing of like creating a tribe for people who Christianity doesn't work anymore, but they haven't given up on Jesus, God, the Bible. They just are, are really finally being honest about the fact that it's just, it just for so many reasons, the old paradigms, the old dualisms aren't working. So just thank you. Thank you, gang, for listening. Thanks for uh, encouraging me. Thanks for helping me to keep uh, going and my thing that I'm building. I really, really appreciate it. So we are dust and breath. We are human and holy. We are limited and limitless. And we are in this together. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to This Good Word. If you love this podcast, there's three ways that you can support my work. One is by jumping on Patreon, patreon.com slash thisgoodword. You can become a patron at various levels and get lots of good free stuff, including free tickets to any live events that I do, signed books, and other stuff. The second way is to share your favorite episodes via Twitter and Facebook. Uh, email, however it is that you share content. Let some friends know that you love it. 
And then third is to go on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. So thanks so much, my friends. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together.